0: Welcome back to an extremely special episode of the Coach's Corner with the YouTube famous Elliot Halls. Now, if you know Elliot Halls, you know that you never really know what you get with Elliot Halls. And if you don't know Elliot Halls, I'm extremely honored and privileged to bring him into your sphere of consciousness and into your uh, into your into your world. And his content will motivate you like crazy. When I first started my first fitness business. Uh, he was a big inspiration. I used to watch his videos every single morning and every single night. And as I evolved through my businesses, as and as Elliot evolved, I kept consuming his content. So he's been kind of a mentor from afar. So I'm really honored to have him on the show and be able to pick his brain and share his knowledge with you guys. He started a, you know, a multiple seven figure, hugely successful business from literally trash out of a shady-ass van where he took the trash into parks and trained people out of parks. So where he's come from and his $90,000 in debt story will really inspire you, but he's also gonna share a lot of knowledge and a lot of value. So I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, if you're a coach, you want more leads, you want more clients, you want to build your business, make sure you grab the Six Figure Coach Academy. It's a $600 program. I'm giving it away for free at lucasrubix.com. Make sure you download it. Make sure you check it out. It will help you move your business forward. The feedback has been amazing, and I'm really, really happy to share it. And I will continue giving it away for free as long as people are getting value from it. So make sure you pop by lucasrubix.com, grab it for free, come back to this episode, tune in, and let's let's, let's pick Elliot Hulse's brain. And see what value we can get I'll see you inside What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner A podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients Make more money and book themselves solid I'm your host, Lucas Rubix, the Coach's Coach And I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams Welcome to the Coach's Corner All right, welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast, 100% dedicated to helping coaches build the business of their dreams, and it's not just about the money. I know a lot of you are trying to pursue your passions and your interests, and you wanna share, and you wanna give more, but you're feeling a little bit stuck. That's what the podcast is really about, and today's guest is a bit of a special guest, and we're gonna be doing things a little bit differently. He really needs no introduction, but I'm gonna do my best, Elliot, to give you a bit of an intro here. Renowned strength and conditioning coach, strongman, author, mentor, holistic life coach, your videos have inspired, I believe well over 320 million views, if that's accurate. Founder and CEO of the world-renowned Strength Camp, Grounding Camp. Elliot, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: My pleasure, Lucas, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I wanna kind of do things a little differently today. Usually we're talking about the linear business building, the tools of the trade, and how to kind of, you know, what you need to do, the linear kind of stuff. But I feel like that would be a huge waste of your, of your brain and of, of the value you can provide. So I wanna kind of go into the deeper stuff of really why really why most coaches fail or they don't have that, that drive, they don't see the long-term vision. I really want to kind of dive into the fact that things take time. A lot of brand new coaches will come out there, they build a program or they're just brand new. They want to build a course and reach out to influencers and get them on the list and they think they'll build a, a million dollar business within three months, right? And I know your story and I kind of want to base this interview on your story because things started from the trash, like back of your van, picking up trash and just kind of going for it. And obviously it's taken time to build a team. Now you're franchising Strength Camp. I noticed there's one just opened up in Kamloops, BC. That's where I grew up. So I want to kind of dive into that stuff. And so really, I'll start with your story. Is like, where did Strength Camp, where did Elliot Hulse really begin?
1: When I was four years old and my uncle moved in with my parents and he was a black belt in Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. He was an ex gymnast. He was a marathon runner and he became a bodybuilder. And so besides the fact that I had him as an influence in my environment, I've got his DNA. And he was like a superman. And of course my mom was a superwoman. And so being four years old and in my parents' basement, my uncle would teach me and my brothers how to do push-ups and sit-ups and chin-ups and we'd be beating up the bags. And it was all fun and games to me. I didn't think anything of it. He was like our caretaker at the time. And when school started, I quickly recognized, and so did teachers and the PE uh, instructors, that um, wow, this kid's a lot faster and stronger than the others, and I don't know if it had to do with the training that I received or the DNA in my body. So I kind of was built for this. And so when I went to high school, I decided to play football and my uncle made his way back into my life at that time. He had he had gone. He lived with us for a little bit while I was young, but then he had left and come back about ten years later when I was fourteen, and he had just started his first business, which was a personal training. Before that was even a thing. I think he was like one of the pioneers. He took one of the very first certifications ever created back then. And so he decided to to go into bodybuilding and to teach myself and my brothers once again how to lift in the basement. And in that moment, I knew that this was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life also. Uh, I loved lifting I got great results, it was the first time in my life at that point where I really had a solid self-esteem from the achievement of something that I was doing. I wasn't very good at school, um, I was always good at sports. And to see my uncle living life on his terms as a entrepreneur in a brand new field, I decided that this is what I wanna do. So um, I went to, after I graduated college, I worked as a personal trainer, but knowing that I wanted to have my own business, I decided that at some point I decided to branch out on my own by filling up an old van that my dad gave me with sandbags and tires and used equipment and whatever I can get my hands on because I was pretty broke at the time. And I started training people in the parks with trash and I called it Strength Camp and that's how Strength Camp started.
0: So to just to backtrack a little bit is you were – extremely fortunate to at a young age, I don't know, 13, 14, to find that calling of yours. You found that passion. You found that the purpose or something to kind of pursue. That didn't happen to me till probably about 27 when I really started searching for it because I was depressed. Um, And a lot of people still come up to me. They want to do something, but they want to start a business, but they don't really know. What advice would you give someone who's like they, they think they're they're looking for something, but maybe they haven't had the, you know, some people just have that thing from an early age. They just know and they just go with it. A lot of people don't. They're kind of floating around, trying things, but they haven't found that thing yet. What advice would you give to someone like that?
1: Mm. Well, I, I once heard that you've got two types of people. Mm-hmm. You have uh, river people. Well, I hope I get this right. People who, And river people are people who are swimming in their river, meaning like they let life carry them down the river on a boat that they enjoy. Life just carries them and they don't have to think too much about what they're going to do because the stream just allows them to make mm-hmm. their process down the river. That was me. I, I was in my river immediately. And when I started lifting, my uncle put a barbell in my hand. It was like, boom, I got in my boat and the river took me. It was like, this is it for me. For other people, it's not so easy. And, and I think it was uh, Earl Nightingale used this concept. They're river people and they're goal people. And gold people are like it sounds. They're gold people. They don't necessarily land in their boat and get carried down the river. They have to think about what they want to achieve, and then they've got to use their grit to get it. And oftentimes it's not necessarily something that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from within. But that that carrot dangling on the end of the stick is enough to make them Go out there and get it. I know before we had this conversation, we talked about having your back up against the wall. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to goal people, then there are two types of goal people. There are those that have a fire under their ass, I like to say, or those who have the carrot at the end of the stick. Mm -hmm. Totally. Transitioning into that is like we were talking about before. My
0: back was against the wall and a lot of the people that kind of... I'm always like, I'm I'm actually at a point where I'm frustrated, not frustrated, but trying to find a solution to the problem of when 20 people take a program or when I'm coaching 10 people to, and I'm sure you found this in health fitness through everything you've done, few people will see amazing results with all the same information, Mm -hmm. you know, all the same resources, basically. They'll see amazing results. You know, five or 10, they'll see okay results, but they're like, okay, they're just trudging along and then four or five will blame the system, blame the coach, blame the program and want a refund. And now I'm in a part of my business where I'm like, how can I develop more tools or systems to help people not necessarily find the motivation because that only lasts so long, but build those habits and do the personal work that's necessary to kind of get to where they want to get to. Everyone just keeps quitting and it drives me crazy. Um, what would you say that you found? And I remember in FBS you were talking about some affirmations and some stuff that you used to do at your old rundown gym um, or in the, in the park or whatever. What, what advice would
1: you give for that? Or maybe tools well, or tricks. You know, when you broke down that split, and you know, some people are, are the winners, and some people are the losers. Um, going back to the river and goal situation, some people it's just not their river. You know, I think that it looks a lot cooler on Instagram to be a coach, uh, and there's so, and also like so many ads on Facebook about how much money you can make as mm. a coach. And like how easy it is to be a coach and like this whole explosion of entrepreneurship that's only been available since the Internet has, has offered us this gets people wanting to do things that aren't really aligned with their truth. You know, it looks sexy. It looks good. Wow, the money and all these things. But then when they go to do it and it doesn't really stimulate their passion – then it's inevitable that they're going to drop out because they're just not as excited and passionate and driven to do that those things. Like, for example, as a strength coach, as a personal trainer, I would have done it for a quarter of the money that I earned. I would have done it for nothing because it was who I am. It just made sense. I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So the motivation – I didn't need motivation. It was just – This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. It's who I'm being. Then when you have people on the other end, which, you know, I have to be completely honest. I don't relate to as much. I'm not really a goal-driving type person, like set the goal and achieve it, chip away every single day. The only thing that's ever given me that type of feeling has been lifting, (laughs) you know, even business. The reason why I succeeded in business is because I did have the back against the wall because I did have a fire under my ass and because I wanted to have a family. I Well, I had a family and I was $90,000 in debt. Like I had no choice but to become successful in business. Otherwise, I would have I drowned. So I was in my river and it was very easy to do what I was going to do and I was going to do it regardless and I'd protest because I had to put food on the table and I had to get out of $90,000 in debt. Right. Right, I can't totally. set goals. It's just for me. It's just the way I am. Like financial goals don't stimulate my glands. Having those like, you know, I know that there are guys like hey, you get one a day or you these these various increments that you want to maintain. I just get bored with that shit. Unless it's iron being slapped on a barbell, I don't really count numbers going up. Which is <laughs> the importance of, of of finding what you love because when you
0: love what you do, you do it for free all day long. You'd speak for free. You'd help people for free. And the returns are always 10x on that. I've experienced that in my life for sure. Um, one of the ideas I had was to have a prerequisite, so before they can join the actual expensive program, they take a small two-week type of program to make sure, basically finding their why, and if it doesn't align with what they want, they'll save themselves a lot of trouble, and a lot of money joining my programs, and they can you know, find help in some other thing they wanna do. That was one of the ideas I've had on my wall, so maybe that's something worth pursuing. Um, so, moving forward through the story, and one more thing I wanna touch on is you started from a van with garbage. You know, mm-hmm. junk that you found, trash that you found. People flip tires and lifted, probably just hung some metal that you'd find. Um, and so many, and I guess I don't know. I think with the internet age and the Instagram age, and like you're saying, so people just want to. And I was guilty for that at first. Um, luckily, my back was against the wall, and I realized the amount of work it takes, and that it's literally one client at a time, one email at a time, one dollar at a time to get out of the debt and start building, you know, your business. Um, and so many people want that quick hit of they want to design a program, they're brand new coaches, they think that. They can ask Elliot to send out an email to his email list and give them, you know, they just want to skip the steps instead of finding that one-on-one client, start working with five people, build the business. Then you can build a team. Then you can, you know, have affiliate marketing business like I'm sure you have. Then you can, you know, Strength Camp is now a franchise. I know the one just opened up at Kamloops, BC. That's where I grew up. Um, you know, it takes time. How long have you been doing this since you were 14? First business opened probably 18
1: Oh I started training my friends in my basement when I was uh, in high school. All the football right. players would come over and we'd start lifting right, and I right. think first time that I was ever paid for training I, yeah I think I was still in high school and it was uh, it was a friend of a fa- family member who wanted to lose some weight and she came over and right. uh, I think she paid me I don't know maybe like 20 dollars a workout and that was that's, that's how I started. <laughs> That's so
0: amazing. Then there was a shift and I was hoping to shine some light on it. And I remember watching some video where you came out and you were talking about your shift. It was, a, it was a bit different video. It was a weird video. It was about meditation and your grounding camp. And I was just kind of going through the comments. And like every second comment was like, where did Elliot Hals go? Or who is this guy? Or like unfollowing, unsubscribing. And A, hey, I, I, I love the fact that you seem to always just go with what interests you or what your passions are. And you're not afraid to change and adapt and shift. And some coaches are just like, or I think people in general are doing something. They invest a lot of time, a lot of money into building a career that they're not happy with. And they're terrified of, they grew, they grew out of it and they're terrified to get that next level or that next, whatever that is. Um, so I've always admired that. When did that shift kind of happen? Cause it used to be the, the Yo Elliot, the strong man Elliot. And there was a shift into more of a, I don't know, I guess you could call it sort of more of a, the meditation, the spiritual sort of side of things was there a big shift where you decided to or was it just a natural kind of like, well, this is who I am and I'm kind of going to go open the grounding camp and get into that kind of stuff?
1: Well, it's, it's who I've always been. Right. And, and as we evolve, layers are removed. And so as I'm growing up and layers are removed, all I can do is offer what is showing up right now. So like I said before, with regard to what motivates me, I'm far far more interested in my authentic self expression, being myself, and being true to my core than a million subscribers. And right. so there may have been there were a million subscribers there, and they weren't too happy with me, but I didn't care. It like my, it's their life; it's my life.
0: There was never and, like an internal. It was it was just pretty easy for you. There was there wasn't like an internal decision you had to it make. It
1: wasn't fear. easy to. Right. Making the decision was easy, as is always the case. Choosing to do it was easy. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Right. But it's not easy to remain consistent and true throughout the process. You know, that That's where the struggle comes in and where most people crack. And I suffered quite a bit also, too, because there was tons that I needed to learn about myself and explore. But yet I also had this uh, – This massive amount of weight that I was carrying, you know, our past Mm. weighs Mm. on us until we can completely let it go. And when you've got a lot of people who are attached to who you were, that becomes that much more difficult to let go. So I saw it as a challenge like I did deadlifting 700 pounds. It's like, all right, this is tough on the soul, but I'll take it because I know as with the barbell, I'm just going to be a stronger version of myself on the other end of it. I can only grow stronger at the end of it. And it's less of a strength for the, it's less of a superficial strength and more of a knowing and a integrity is really the word. When you
0: made that shift, as in like you were doing your strength camp, you're building the business, and I I talked about this with Jason uh, Faruja, I think you guys were probably, probably knew of each other because both of you were the strength industry there. He was on the podcast a few weeks ago. We were talking a lot about, you know, you have to let go of some things to move forward to, 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 you know, to, to get the next thing. So sometimes if you're working on one business and you want to kind of explore another avenue, you kind of have to, there's less attention put on some business. You got to focus on one thing. Were you, was there, was your business building, I guess is a real question, a progressive sort of like always winning or was there dips? um, even as you get more and more successful and as you, you know, you build more momentum, is there still dips in it when you focus on something else or how did that kind of, I guess, push you through the fear of that kind of work out for you?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking about. The dip of me taking a step back from my YouTube popularity, mm-hmm. but in that dip was also the room that allowed strength camp now to be what it is. it's, when I was making all those YouTube videos and became world famous because of it, my gym didn't have any members anymore. I started mm-hmm. out as a personal trainer. I had no more clients because I had taken so much of my time and given it to YouTube. And I also had other interests like writing, That like, all these things. I just let everything else dip yeah. while YouTube skyrocketed. And so when YouTube had to take a back seat, which is fine – strength camp grew again now we've got a massive location here in mm-hmm. Florida that serves hundreds of clients and we've got locations worldwide I've started three other businesses since then so you mm-hmm. know while, while the world is seeing one thing when I can go and when we can go into ourselves and create some space for our creativity uh, that dip. Every single dip allows an opportunity for growth.
0: Totally. So awesome. So awesome. I did things a little bit differently. I've never had such an amazing feedback. I sent it up to the list and a little bit on Instagram like, hey, Elliot Halls is coming on the podcast. Any questions you'd like to ask him? A lot of it was kind of nonsense, but I filtered through it to four of the biggest questions that I think would mm-hmm. would I'd like to pick your brain on. Um, and I know some of your mentors like Paul Check, early on, but maybe expanding it more from uh, just strength conditioning to more of a, a general sort of mentors, you know, maybe in business or in life, who would you say were some of your biggest, your three top mentors, um, apart from the strength and conditioning mentors like Paul Cech?
1: Uh Well, those who were living mentors, I would, I, there are three, Dr. Robert Glazier, who was my uh, bioenergetic analyst and therapist for about three years and teacher, uh, Chrisana Locke, who was my uh, dynamic meditation, active meditation teacher and inspiration. And um, we do a lot of work together now today through Grounding Camp, was also uh, very pivotal. And and then also Stephanie Azaria, who is a cosmic consciousness astrologer. And over these past few years, I've gotten deep into astrology, but this is um, an upgraded version of it where all of the signs have – new archetypes and so i didn't know much about astrology until i became attracted to her work and she's been one of my most important mentors and teachers over the past three years or so were you always as
0: a selfish question it wasn't asked but i want to ask it were you always into this philosophical sort of the, the philosophy stuff or that come later on or were are just from an early age were you interested in the more um you know, the philosophy sort of the, the deeper meaning of life and all that kind of readings you do because you're always some knowledge, but in your videos, in your videos, even if you're talking about deadlifting or in your old, old videos, even your aggressive videos, you always seem to find a way to inject some sort of quote from, you know, you just, you had so much knowledge and you always had some kind of antidote or some kind of quote to inject in your videos. Um, was that always something that you were drawn to or did that come later on as you were exploring yourself? And...
1: Well, it, I... I am from – my parents are from Belize. My parents live in Belize. America, right, where there's a lot of racial mixing. You know, There were natives and the Europeans bought their African slaves. And so a lot of Belizeans look like me. We, I'm basically 50 percent European and 50 percent African. And so growing up in a suburb of New York City, I would often be asked, Elliot, what are you? And so being, you know, a kid, six, mm. seven, eight, nine years old, and someone asking you, what are you? Uh, I didn't know how to answer that. But I quickly began to realize that it seems like everybody knows what they are, but I don't. And that led me to a lot, the library in the philosophy section mm. in the library at a very young age. I may have been like 11 or 12 years old. And I found Apollo May, uh, who was a quantum physicist and philosopher. And the book was called what are you (laughs) Mm. what are you really and so it opened me up to science and religion and i was huh
0: at 14 at pretty early yeah
1: Yeah, at a very young age. And so besides the fact being that the question had been posed to me for so long that it became ingrained in my consciousness, and it's something that I continue to ask myself, and what I've learned is that no one knows who they are, and we're all on this journey of remembering ourselves, no matter what color we are, but I've been able to amass quite a bit of experience and knowledge and understanding uh, because of my search. I'm a seeker. That's
0: fascinating. Just it's funny how life will just hand you these things and make you who you are. When you're looking back, all the dots connect. It's inevitable. Okay, Um, okay, one more. And I like this question. Someone asked um, if you could teach a class in high school, let's say the final class in grade 12 before these people go out into the world and have to experience life. If you could teach a class in high school for a whole semester for the whole year, you know, students have to come to you three times for an hour. um, What would you teach? What was what would be the biggest lesson? What would would you what would you call that class if you could call it something?
1: Oh, I can make up my own class?
0: Yeah, you make up your own class and you teach it. Students have to stay with you maybe three hours a week before they enter into the world. Um, and they actually get a dose of, you know, something apart from the school system that's taught. What would you teach?
1: The word bullshit keeps coming to mind. And I don't know if I would title it that everything that you've learned is bullshit or everything I'm about to tell you is bullshit or everything that you think is bullshit. But I would teach a class on bullshit. So
0: as in listen to yourself, like don't even listen to me, listen to yourself. What, what's your what's your no,
1: I wouldn't want to give advice in, in terms of what to listen to or who to listen to. It'd be more a matter of erasing what you've already learned. I want my class to be an anti-class. That's why I think the term bullshit came to me. I wanted, I, I would like to show you how everything is bullshit. Everything that you've learned up until now is bullshit. Everything you think you are or, or you think about yourself is bullshit. Everything that your parents have told you or your friends have told you and the TV and the internet have told you is bullshit. I'd want to erase their brains. It, my class, if I, if it was like, the movie uh, men in black i mm. and i had the technology of that pen that allowed you to erase the brains my class wouldn't have to be three hours a week until I, and in fact they would just come once and i would push that yeah. button erase their brains and then send them out that's a classic elliot Hall's response but it's good advice um or, or,
0: or a good a good insight what's next this is my question but what's next for elliot Halls? i know you just mentioned i always would take you as a goal setter as like these I'm a huge goal setter because it's it's what drives me. I review them every morning and every night. And I'm always like, I got to stay on path because if I don't know what I'm doing, if I don't have it laid out and I don't have that one thing I'm working towards, I can easily get sidetracked by all the fancy things. And I think the more I would never call myself successful, but the more you kind of have um, comfortable, the more comfortable you are, the easier it is to kind of ah, I'll do it later. So I have to set those things for myself. You mentioned you're not. But what's next for Elliot House? What's next for the companies? What's, what's kind of what direction are you moving in or are you just
1: going with the river? Well, uh, the best way for me to tell you what's next is just to tell you what's now because that will predict the future. So right now I'm making YouTube videos again. It's almost like I'm, a, I'm starting all over again. You ever? I made a video once about it, but you may be familiar with uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. And the, his story, thus spake Zarathustra, where he talks about the boy going out into the into the the um, desert, and then you become uh, a lion, and you slay the dragon, and it's, it's basically the hero's journey. But the end of this big journey, this whole epic, he comes and at the end becomes a baby. So it's like you imagine that all of this effort and this angst and this achievement and this success and these slaying dragons that like at the end he would be on the top of a mountain but at the end he becomes a baby again and I feel like that's where I'm at right now with many things but I'm talking about YouTube in particular where I'm a baby again. So I'm like learning how to edit videos again. I haven't used the software in a long time and I'm practicing my presentation skills. Once again, I've made a bunch of videos. So it's like it's kind of fun to have been a black belt champion and then to throw all that away and now put my white belt on back again. Uh, I'm, I'm like I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. I caught myself earlier thinking in terms of like numbers and how am I going to get my numbers back up again. And as as soon as I did that, the angst in my body started coming and I was like, oh, all right, I'm getting off track because now I'm thinking about what it should be and what should happen in the future. This is what happens. And this is probably why I don't think too much about long term concrete goals, because I get anxious so I set that aside and I just feel good doing what I'm doing to the best that I can do it without any judgment. So that's where I'm at with, um, with, with YouTube and, and sharing online. Um, and then also Strength Camp is growing. So mm-hmm. between yeah. Strength Camp growing and then I've realized that YouTube has allowed me to create an Elliot Hulse brand, Yo Elliot. And so, with Strength Camp and Yo Elliot, two brands that are, are very that are, that are mine, that are me, um, I'm also doing a lot more traveling. So uh, I'll be in Europe uh, later on this year. I'm planning on doing several Yo Elliot events this year. We have Strength Camp clinics. We're doing a big Strength Camp clinic in uh, September. So you know, those are the things that are right on the on my plate right now.
0: Cool. I'll shoot an email to Colleen for her to send me all the links for all the stuff that you'd like in the description. I'll shoot her an email um, and you can add whatever you want in there, although it's pretty much all under Elliot Halls because I was on there snooping your stuff uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, Cool. And the final question, and I have a feeling that your answer may be like it's going to be different than everyone else. But I ask everyone this question is if you could just give some piece of advice, maybe one of the biggest lessons you've learned to anyone listening to this. Now, that being said, most of these people are in the early stages of their business or maybe they kind of built it, you know, they have a few clients, but they're, they're coaches who are, who are waking up every day in a lot of doubt and a lot of fear, but they're still going after it. And, you know, when you're trying to go after something, the whole world's telling you not to. So they're just, they're going through that kind of phase right now. If you could give advice to someone who's just starting, I guess, their journey, their hero's journey, and they're just kind of entering the forest and, and finding their way through it, what advice would you give them?
1: Hmm. Well, you really just got to trust yourself. I think the age, well, definitely the industrial age is over. So people being cogs in a system, um, you know, we talked about the education system. It's all designed to create copycats. And so from our earliest Days And from generations past, we have been cogs and have been taught to be cogs and conditioned to be robots that are carbon copies of everybody else. And just because the Internet has given us access to more information, more ideas and more inspiration doesn't mean that old conditioning doesn't just show up again where you start looking at what everyone else is doing and trying to be a be a carbon copy, be a cog, a robot a lemming once again. And so what I would invite you to do is to look at your life as a work of art Mm. and your business is an expression of your creativity and your art. And in that every piece of art has to, every piece of art has the fingerprint, has the essence of the creator. You are a creator Create something new, be brand new, be unique. But if you're doing this because because you're passionate about it, because you want to express yourself, if you're like me, who is living life as an artist, then just trust yourself. Forget your audience, forget the people, forget everybody, ignore everyone. And allow the creator, the grand creator, the great creator, let God speak through you.
0: I could pick your brain for the next five hours, but I'm going to end it there. Um, Elliot, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah. Guys, if you haven't checked out Elliot's stuff, I'm going to put the, all the links below, ElliotHulse.com, ElliotHulse on Instagram. I'll put all the links below and, uh, and just open up your mind and consume some of it because some of your stuff is so freaking valuable. I know what helped me in the early days of starting my business. You and Bedros were huge mentors, um, huge, huge mentors. You on the technical side of things. And I think you really opened the door up for, honestly, the spiritual and the kind of philosophical stuff you kind of were. I was like, that's pretty cool. So I think that's kind of where my journey started in Bedro's for the business building stuff. So I'm eternally grateful for you being on the show. Elliot, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Hey,
0: what is going on? Welcome to the number one podcast for coaches looking for top strategies on how to build their businesses. We got some powerhouse guests dropping value bombs on everything from lead generation, client acquisition, funnels, and how to attract those high-quality clients into your business each and every single day. I'm your host, Lucas Rubix, the Coach's Coach, and I'm 100% committed to helping coaches build the business of their dreams. Tune in to the next episode at lucasrubix.com and let's take that coaching business of yours to the next level. Again, that's lucasrubix.com slash podcast. Tune in, zone in, get juiced up, get some motivation, get some top strategies, and let's change the world one client at a time.